Sober Experiment podcast by Be Sober. I'm Alex, one half of Be Sober. And I'm Lisa, the other half. We're dead proud to be working with IPHM this season and can't wait to tell you all about them and their services. The IPHM is a worldwide accreditation board with a difference. Their passion lies in helping people live the life they love as well as giving the public the reassurance they need to know they'll be in safe hands. There's a reason all our coaches are IPHM accredited and a reason we are an IPHM accredited training provider because their reputation is simply the best out there. Check them out at iphm.co.uk and don't forget to name drop Be Sober when you apply. How are you doing today? I'm all right, thanks Alex. I've rushed back from work actually today for this one. Um, right, do you know what I've done today? I've done some coaching, obviously, but then I found myself thinking I'm not going to have a lot of time today. Do you know what I've done? Sat my ass. Sat on my ass. That's what I've done. So I've I've got loads more time than I think I've got in the day. (laughs) You know what? I actually struggle to sit on my ass. Not literally. Not not physically. (laughs) I thought this the other day, right? I got up for one of our B-Fit sessions and I've not meditated for quite a while now. It's something that I used to rave on about all the time and how much it changed my life, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I've not done it. Confession, there we go. It's out. Um, so before be fit the other morning, I made myself a coffee and I actually just sat on the sofa with my coffee and just kind of, I suppose it was a bit like meditation really, but just sat and I actually thought I don't really do this anymore. And I've fallen into that trap. Like when I used to drink, I never sat. So I would finish work, I'd come back and I'd be constantly trying to do things. And it was like I was scared of sitting with myself no me no you are avoidance techniques but that's it it? we've been we've just recently passed another mental did you hear that mental (laughs) health awareness week it's episode two we're getting practicing (laughs) yeah don't complain all right because we can't speak but basically i was thinking about this and my mental health is honestly the best it's been and you know what it is it's coaching people I know that sounds strange but when you are working with other people on the things that they need to develop and the things that they perceive need improving you actually have to reflect a lot on your own mental and emotional state I'm finding great ways to sit with my emotions it's amazing it's so you know what actually because your mental health is better I've got to be dead honest here (laughs) so is mine like it's so much easier to be your best friend right now and your work colleague (laughs) I am glad I'm glad that my mental health helps yours that makes me feel brave I know but I think you know people forget because you're like the be sober head coach right they forget that little Lisa's in the background coaching a best friend through all the Well, they don't because I'm always telling them because you know what it is. And I always say this, coaches need a coach. And like a lot of people don't realise that you're a trained, qualified coach as well because you don't actively do it. But honestly, you are the Be Sober Head coach because if you didn't coach me, I couldn't coach absolutely anyone. I'd just be a mental mess. So anyway, I'm not sure this is the best place to introduce somebody after I've said mental mess because she definitely isn't. Oh, no, she's definitely not. We've got a lovely guest coming up. Do you want to introduce her? 
Yeah, I'm really excited, actually. We've got Katie McNichol on today. So Kate is also known as This Sober Girl on Instagram. She stopped drinking at just 26 years old. She actually claims to be like a 26-year-old ex-party girl who's coming up to two years sober now. Katie was a binge drinker who realised that... Oh, Alex... She stopped drinking at 24 then? Yeah, I've got oh. that wrong. I'm so sorry. Did you oh, see no, what... I was just thinking because she said at 26... 26 year old two years sober but that must be 26 now yeah yes she is and she actually stopped drinking at just 24 which I think is absolutely incredible god imagine if we'd have done that I wish we had a done. Oh, imagine all those lovely years we'd have had instead of being like down the gay village in Manchester losing phones and throwing up. Oh, but, but no, at 24, she says that she realised alcohol was nothing but detrimental to her life. Giving up the booze changed her life completely in every single way. She now blogs about sobriety. She blogs about mental health and self-care to inspire others to do the same. Let's hear from her. Hi, Hi you're Katie, you just need to unmute. <laughs> so <laughs> I know it's one of those things. Everybody comes in and we're like, unmute, unmute. How are Hi. you? Hi. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. We're really excited to actually hear about your journey and about what you're up to now. And we're going to get straight in if that's all right. Absolutely. Yeah. No time like the present. So you ready for interview question number one, Katie? I'm ready. Oh, I promise Don't scare people. <laughs> I do like to play. No, we just like basically mastermind. Gonna... It is mastermind like... of sobriety. <laughs> if you get it wrong, you get turfed out into the waiting room. No <laughs> so actually, before we start, you've just recently had um, an event that Lisa came to. Yeah. So, that was your first one in Manchester, was it? Yeah, that was my first one ever. Oh, was it? Anywhere? Yeah. yeah, my first one ever, my first one in Manchester. Um, and tickets are going on sale today for my next one. Oh, which is? Yeah. This Go on, you might as well plug that now, <laughs> Katie. Right now. It's just like I've been on here two minutes and I've already... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's called This Sober Christmas Party. Oh, brilliant. Um, yeah, so it went really well. I really loved... Um, my first event was This Sober Yoga and I loved it. I was so nervous. I was like scared no one would turn up. <laughs> Like when I was sat there, you had people, not only did they turn up, but like they had traveled for hours and hours and hours to get there. And people were like bringing me gifts and stuff. And I was just like, what is happening? Like it was just so, it was just, it just blew me away. Like it literally exceeded every expectation I had. And I really felt like everything that I wanted to achieve in terms of people making friends and feeling connected and stuff, it just exceeded every expectation of that. So it was great. Yeah. Well, give us a tag in when you share your event on socials and we'll make sure we share, but whereabouts is it going to be this one? Thank you. So it's at the same venue. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah, Space at the Mill, which is actually a yoga studio, but you can use it for anything. It's such a beautiful space. I was like, oh, I'll, we'll just do it there again. <laughs> oh, fantastic. It is oh, a beautiful that. space. And that's in Manchester, guys, as yeah, well. So, definitely. yay. Yeah, yeah oh, the home brilliant. of Be Sober. There you go. We'll have our Yes, it is now. the home. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so what we want to find out is what kind of drinker you were before you decided to get sober. Because Lisa already said, and we've just had a bit of a discrepancy on it. Yeah. You were 24 or 26 when you stopped. Which one? 
24 when I saw 24, right. Okay, so yeah. what kind of drinker was your 24 year old Katie? Woo. Oh, do we want to know, Katie? <laughs> <laughs> I know what kind of drink a 24 year old Lisa and Alex were. And if it's anything like us, it's no wonder you've stopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was just like a classic binge drinker, party gal. And I just, I worked in nightlife all the way through university which suited me down to the ground at the time um, because we just got paid in vodka, basically. Um, And yeah, it just started to... I sort of... I I did my first, like, dry jam uh, when I was 20. So I had tried to stop for four years. Right. And do you... So when you said that... Oh, sorry, Lisa. Oh, no, it's all right. I was just going to say... for doing a dry January at the age of 20, like for some people, that's quite young, isn't it? To be aware of your drinking. So did you realise at 20 that it wasn't doing you any favours? Did you know? Was it, Did you have them feelings? Yeah, I had those feelings at 18, to be right. honest. Um, I started drinking when I was, I had my first drink maybe when I was like 15, but I, I didn't had my first drink and then that was it I was a drinker I was actually really really scared of drinking when I was like when I was about 12 to about 15 16 I always used to say I'm never gonna drink because my dad um is an alcoholic and he is 32 years sober so, oh my god I've just got goose pimples there oh, already. yeah no he's like my absolute hero like sober inspiration in so many ways but especially in sobriety but um so alcoholism and sobriety and living sober were always like just a big part of me growing up because obviously with my dad being an alcoholic a lot of his friends his social circle either don't drink at all or don't drink a lot so we kind of grew up always with alcoholism and sobriety as a topic of conversation really and it was kind of just like I don't know if it feels obviously alcoholism is quite stigmatized and sometimes it's a bit of a hush hush thing isn't it but it's actually yeah. more sort of celebrated in our house so I think that's why when I was like 19 I kind of thought oh this is making me feel different to other people it's making me act differently to other people even though we're drinking the same amount you know, all those things. And so I think I was just a lot more educated around sobriety and alcoholism at a younger age than I would have been if my dad hadn't been sober. That's so interesting, Katie. And actually, yeah, and it makes me feel really good. Like I obviously wish, and and I say this all the time, I wish I'd have stopped drinking years and years before I did and I wish that I could have been that parent to my children that um, didn't use alcohol as escapism but I wasn't and I can't turn that back but I can see the difference in my 15 year old and how she behaves around alcohol and you know she has had a drink with the friends but she's a lot more conscious of of what it does and the effects that it has on other people so it's kind of really interesting for other people to see that it has had that positive impact on you yeah it's interesting that you say that that she's more like aware because I was actually having this conversation with my cousin last week who is 30 and she's 15 months sober and she is obviously on my dad's side of the family um and I was telling her how when I was 15, I remember feeling like really from like 15 to mid, well, to probably to actually 24 when I stopped. So the whole of my drinking career, I, every time I drank, even though I was a state a lot of the time, I was actually really self-conscious of my drinking. 
So you know, like a lot of people are just like totally unaware of like the chaos that they're causing. I really wasn't. Like I was really tuned into like how it was making me feel and what I was doing. But yeah, I still carried on. Yeah. Um, so I think it is because I sort of had my dad subconsciously sort of like looming over me. <laughs> like he never ever told me not to drink or whatever. Obviously you can't, it doesn't work like that way. But um, but it was always in my subconscious, definitely. It's different for me to hear it from that side because my dad was an alcoholic and he had stopped drinking 10 years. Unfortunately, he passed away at 63, 12 years ago because he'd already done such an amount of damage. But because I didn't grow up with him sober and I grew up with the other side of it, I think that's, I'm not blaming at all, by the way, we all make our own choices. But I think that's what influenced me because even though there was trouble, a lot of the time, the parties that were happening, the environment that was going on, the, the social settings, like Lisa and I, I think most of our teenage life was spent in pubs, not because we were drinking, but as observers of our parents together. And that's where we connected. So even though there was an awareness of, like you said, recklessness and things like that for me, I didn't know that wasn't normal because that's all I'd seen. And Lisa's the same. We both grew up in pubs. We both worked in pubs. So actually we were, for a lot of that, probably the most sen- sensible and sober, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah. it, it yeah, just shows you how influential childhood is. Well, it is because obviously you hear often, don't you, you know, is it nature or nurture? Is it learned behaviour? Is it hereditary? Is it, you know, all these questions. And obviously, you know, there's, there's evidence to back both sides it depends on personal experience everybody is different but for me personally I can't say that it was learned behavior because my dad I've never my mum has never even seen him sip alcohol he was a sober a year before he met my mum wow so you know it's, it's just never been a thing my mum's not a big drinker obviously or else she wouldn't be with my dad so I I can I can't say that any of mine came from childhood so it's um it's really interesting isn't it just because it just depends on your upbringing and what you were around and, and whether it is actually innate or not we'll get back to our chat shortly but first let us tell you a little bit more about our friends at iphm So IPHM is a worldwide accreditation board with a bit of a difference. They pride themselves in the personal service and it's proper humans in the office checking through the applications. They genuinely know how hard you've worked to start your own business and they'll be there for you every step of the way. Their passion lies in helping people live the life they love, as well as giving the public the reassurance they need to know they'll be in safe hands. So if you want to stand out from the rest and become part of a worldwide recognised organisation, then choose IPHM for confidence and trust. There's a reason all our coaches are IPHM accredited and a reason we're an IPHM accredited training provider because their reputation is simply the best out there. Check them out at iphm.co.uk and don't forget to name drop Be Sober when you apply. So what was it then, Katie, that actually brought you to sobriety then? Was there like a defining moment? Yeah, well, no, there was like thousands. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I think um, I just learnt over the four years toing and froing with sobriety and drinking was that every single bad thing that ever happened in my life stemmed from alcohol. So even if it was just like a minor thing, like losing your phone, like that wouldn't have happened if I wasn't drinking. 
And then obviously there's more traumatic sort of chaotic things that happened, um, which again would never have happened if I was sober. And even on a more personal level in terms of like relationships and stuff, like I just didn't have any boundaries. I didn't like trust myself, you know, those sort of deeper level things as well. Um, but it was m- my mental health had a massive uh, effect. It had a massive effect on that in a negative way. Um, I was depressed for, God, unknowingly I was probably depressed from being like 19 to well 24 um but I didn't know that I was depressed I just thought um that I was hung over <laughs> a lot of the time yeah. which, which I was hung over a lot of the time um but I did suffer quite badly with my mental health and then I uh had really bad anxiety as well and stuff and it was just sort of a mixture between being an absolute dickhead when I was drunk <laughs> And then suffering the consequences in the week, it just it just wasn't worth it for me anymore. So I checked out. That so is how so relatable. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> we do this all the time, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we do. Our, our audience is completely used to us talking over each other. Just have to get used to it. <laughs> so what, what would you say? You always win, chip? by the way. <laughs> Did you see I didn't win then? <laughs> <laughs> oh god right so how has your mental health specifically changed during sobriety what's been like the biggest things you've noticed do you know it's really interesting that question actually because when I first stopped drinking like many people I think you go well I'll stop drinking and then overnight I'll be I won't be anxious anymore and it's like no no hun (laughs) (laughs) that's not the way it goes unfortunately um and I I still really suffered with uh my mental health for basically the first the whole first year of my sobriety Mm. I stopped drinking on the 13th of November uh oh it's coming up I know two years I can't believe it (laughs) mad um so yeah 13th of November 2019 and August 2020 I was it was the worst my mental health had been for a long long time so I think that just shows a lot because I was quite like you know I was coming up to a year sober and I was I was still kind of struggling with it but um thankfully I didn't drink and obviously coming up to two years now and I can honestly say now I've put a lot of time and effort and practice into working on my mental health because it is obviously something that you have to do every day. Um, like I meditate now, I journal, I exercise a lot, which has helped me massively in terms of my mental health. So it's not been an overnight thing. And there are still moments where I get quite overwhelmed or anxious about things uh, but it is much more under control and also I get this weird feeling of like pride because it's not self-inflicted yeah yeah. when I do feel anxious I'm like no you're actually anxious like you've obviously got a reason to be rather than you've just been drinking poison for three days it makes such a difference that because you know that's one of the things that we talk about a lot because mine and Lisa's mental health was very very different in both our piss days and our drink, uh, sober days you know whereas Lisa would get the typical well not even typical very long actually anxiety for absolutely 
absolutely days after drinking. I didn't have that. In fact, nothing. I actually... Oh, she was ruthless, Katie. I just thought she was like That's the truth. I bet you so jealous. No, she wasn't jealous. She hated it because I used to remind her. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd be one of those people who would constantly be saying, oh, we did this and we did that. And I would wear that like a badge of honour. Lisa's frozen. I hope she comes back. Um, So, but I would wear that like an absolute badge of honour. Yeah. Whereas for Lisa, speaking to me would be like a reminder of all the things she didn't want to replay. And it wasn't ever done by me in a malicious or a vindictive way. It was just me going, oh, and we did this and we did that. And she'd be going, no, no, stop telling me, stop telling me. And she'd have this awful anxiety, whereas I had none. But when we stopped drinking and we were a year apart, Lisa, I think your anxiety went, didn't it? Apart from normal anxiety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still, I think what I realised is I definitely have always had social anxiety, yeah. but through drinking that I ended up anxious all week, all of the time through that. Whereas now I'm, I'm back. I, d- I do still have social anxiety. I do. Um, and where's that busy talking- anxiety, don't you? If you're busy, we're both like that. I'm anxious. Yeah. We can't speak to each other sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, it's funny because I was talking about this with my mum actually the other day. And for the first time, I remembered I went past a fire station and my stepdad was a fireman. And I remembered going to all the Christmas parties and my tummy and my chest just went. And I remember thinking, I hated them. I used to absolutely dread them having to sit on a big table with a load of kids and then Father Christmas thinking, Oh, oh, she's gone again. I don't, we'll, we'll have to find out in a second what, what Father Christmas did. <laughs> when no, she God, comes don't off. Shout my name, don't shout my name. Please don't make me. Oh, there we go. He's fast. You've proper frozen then. So we didn't find I know, out what I Father think my Christmas internet is really bad. Sorry, go on. No, no, can pick up from there. So you said you remember about Father Christmas and um, thinking, and then we missed it. Oh, I probably weren't that interesting. No. <laughs> <laughs> It deliberately did it. The universe did it. It was boring. <laughs> no, but I was dread. I used to dread like having to open the presents in front of everybody or get up in front of people. And actually, it wasn't until I drove past this fire station last week that that all came back to me. And I thought, you know what? I've always felt like that, even from being little. It's funny that because we were talking about this and our children, if you watch them at a birthday party, I've got a young chat. I've got three children but my youngest is only five and we're going to a lot of birthday parties at the minute and if you watch them you see it it's a normal thing that we try to numb out with alcohol but they take ages to warm up with each other anyway back to what I was saying so the the anxiety mine it was when I stopped drinking oh I actually spiraled and I had a real like you months after stopping I really battled with my mental health and it was only stopping drinking that made me realize I've got a mental health condition which I was then able to get diagnosed so I think it's very different for for everybody and I like you I cope hugely now you know I don't have that overpowering overbearing dread when I wake up if I get it I'm aware I go oh yeah this is real what's going on with you you can check in you've got that clarity haven't you yeah. Oh yeah, that's it. And it's the same when you're actually ill. Like sometimes when I'm when I'm ill, I like I feel like happy that I'm ill. Because I'm like, oh my god, I'm ill. But it's like real. It's not hangry I get that. You're it's sure of it. Weird. And I just didn't expect that type of like feeling and sobriety. And I'm like, that's why Instagram's so good because I put my mental thoughts on there. And everyone's like, oh no, same. 
So same. I relate. I relate. And I'm like, okay, good. I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, not the only person that loves an illness. <laughs> yeah. Katie, I know you do a lot on Instagram and that probably helps you lots. Is that something that you did from the very beginning? Did you document your journey from really early on on there? No, so I actually set up my Instagram account uh, on the, it was a separate account actually from my personal one. And I was just anonymous on there and I just look at other sobers and stuff. And then I was six months sober and I thought, actually, I feel like I kind of want to share my journey now. And especially because I felt like I was quite young when I was, when I stopped. Yeah. And and I felt that I kind of wanted to help other people who were my age or younger. to get sober and sort of inspire people, but also to hold myself accountable as well. And um, so it was at first, it was more for me than anyone else really, but it's sort of flipped now. Uh, it's more for everyone else, but which is great. And it's been lovely because I have met a lot of people on there and obviously, you know, made a lot of friends and stuff, but I've actually learned an awful lot as well uh, about obviously my own sort of alcoholism, but like other people's as well. And, you know, I do AA as well. Um, and I've, I've obviously taken a lot from that but there's something about the Instagram community it's just like it's just great it's just really really great um yeah so I feel really lucky to have that it's it's so like different for us listening to somebody kind of in a different generation speaking about it because honestly if Lisa and I didn't need to use social media we'd both just sack it we, we would well, well that's we not didn't. technically true actually because yeah, I, yeah, I know what you're going to say with your personal you, one you love it <laughs> yeah I actually really do and my my personal I originally called mine um sobriety rocks it yeah, was at the beginning and I absolutely loved it and you know what I forgot that people looked and read it and watched it but you know it massively helped me in the early days massively I would just put in everything like spewing up on my Instagram page but it's just like what you said Katie finding other people when they relate to you and they're like same same that is special isn't it it yeah. really really is and honestly I love watching your Instagram you really oh. are so inspiring and there's a part of me honestly that I look and I think why did it take me till I was like 38 to stop drinking like why did it take me so long because everything you were saying before it's so obvious you know when you said everything that bad was going on was due to alcohol whether it was dropping your phone whether it was relationships it's like it's so obvious once you see why do we not see why did it weird, take us so long, it? Alex? I'm so embarrassed now. Do you know what it is? And it, it leads me into this question, actually, Katie, and it, this is true. Our life revolved around alcohol because everybody in our circle was doing it. Everybody in our generation was doing it. And if we'd have gone sober at 24, we really would have been like lepers. We would, yeah. we would have felt like lepers. And I know that from how my dad had it, and you've probably seen the same with your dad. He's had to build this whole life away from it. What about you? As a 24, then 24-year-old young woman, how has sobriety been for you as a young person, especially around socialising and connecting? Um, at first, it's obviously terrifying. And I think in an ideal world, I would have stopped when I was 20. Uh, it would have saved me a lot of aggravation. <laughs> um, but you never hear someone say, Oh, like, I'm glad I stopped when I did, or I wish I drank for a few more years. <laughs> like, every single sober person, regardless of when they stop, says, I wish I'd stopped sooner. Like, because sobriety is just, obviously, if you are a problem drinker, 
always the better option yeah so it's um I found that because at the time my social group were all massive drinkers um and I did find it difficult but I was lucky because uh, they were all very supportive even though they loved a bevy and like loved going out they were very supportive and they were actually very proud of me and they would like hype me up and big me up and stuff on nights out and they were very understanding so that was really great um, but I did actually as well spend a lot of time with my parents just because naturally like obviously my dad's very wise and very sober um, and he would, would almost act as like a bit of a sponsor really yeah, um, yeah and we just have lots of like we go for long walks and talk a lot about sobriety and and stuff like that and I just sort of eased myself in I always had an escape route uh, because I'd learned from doing the on and off drinking and trying to moderate and all that business that we try and that every single time I drank on a night out it was because I couldn't get away Um, so I always had an escape route I was lucky to have the friends that I had but I also made a conscious effort to try and get sort of like new interests and hobbies and stuff and which is why I massively got into fitness and but I think peer pressure is it's difficult because like you say if you if you guys had stopped when you were 20 odd then you would have been you know looked at like a leper but I think my generation there's a massive focus nowadays on like health and well-being yeah, like yeah. you know like everyone's vegan or <laughs> sober or whatever and like it's amazing because obviously it allows people to live healthier lives but I also think that my generation are a lot more accepting of other people's choices. So regardless of like, whether that's your drink or your sexuality or your gender, or whatever it is, it's just, I feel that slowly but surely we're just becoming a more inclusive and accepting society, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah. Are you, are you back with us, Lisa? You keep popping I think on the so. I, keep, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. It's showing that I've got full internet, but I just keep disappearing. <laughs> to catch up on this episode when it comes out (laughs) (laughs) and I can find out what's really been going on (laughs) yeah you've you've just missed all about what sobriety as a young person's like but we can't reverse time anyway well it's all right it was only making me jealous anyway (laughs) I was thinking that I thought it makes me a bit jealous but also you know what and and, and I mean this I don't mean this in a negative way at all and I hope it shouldn't come across like that I am so I hope you know how lucky you are to have your dad in sobriety with you I wish every day I say this a lot to Lisa if I could just share this with my dad now it'd be incredible it'd just yeah. be incredible the bond the, I know it would the bond that you must have must be amazing yeah no definitely I'm like my brother's sober he's four years oh. sober and it's amazing to watch my dad and his relationship because we're a very close family but obviously drinking isolates you and so when my brother was drinking um there was just you know we were close but we weren't there's just always that elephant in the room, isn't there? And yeah, it's yeah. just, yeah. And so when he got sober, you know, to watch him and my dad's relationship is just like amazing because they're just so unbelievably close now, like two peas in a pod. And it was like anyone in sobriety, like, and that's why I think, you know, the sober, my sober events have been going, went so well because you've got that common ground with someone already. So yeah. it's just like, you've just got this like, bond that you just can't explain to anyone else and it's so amazing obviously when that's between like father and son it's quite nice to watch yeah yeah Yeah. you know what's just freaked me out I'm just looking at you Katie right 
my eldest daughter's 23 and you stopped at 24 and I'm just looking like, oh my God, like you're nearly like old enough to be my daughter. You're not, but you are. I was a young mum anyway, but how scared, it's just literally freaked me right out. I'm looking at you like. I feel, oh. I feel like we look alike. Is it fair? I, I, I feel like you do. I'm so we're all on the same page. I feel like you do. Because you do actually look a little bit like my 23 year old dog. I think that's what I was thinking. Do you know what? This is really like funny. Me. Do you remember when um, Kate and Mandy from Love Sober adopted Millie from Sober, <laughs> Sober Girl Society? I feel like this is one of those moments, but this is like the northern version of adoption in the <laughs> sobriety world. <laughs> I think Lisa's frozen again. I don't believe it. I'm going to ask you her question, okay? Okay. Which is, what is the most difficult part or what was the most difficult part for you of getting sober? Oh, wow. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, I think the most difficult part for me was um, learning how to like manage your emotions yeah. uh, in sobriety and like feel all the feels because I used alcohol to block feeling. Um, yeah. I wasn't aware of at the time uh, but obviously that sort of habit then created sort of emotional habits for me that I've had to obviously try and work on over the last sort of two years um, and letting yourself feel certain things and being kind to yourself I was never nice to myself ever and I would just sort of like cringe a bit and like, I was just like oh no um, so that was quite difficult to learn how to just like give yourself a break um, yeah, yeah and it like, is about that getting rid of all that negative self talk and getting out yeah. that blame loop into it. Oh my god, yeah, like, and there's been a lot of like you know, guilt and shame, um, and like regret obviously to work through, which takes so long and is still a process and probably will, will always be a process. But I just feel now, obviously, coming up to two years as well, you get reflective, don't you? And yeah, you're you do. thinking about things and the future and stuff and I'm just I'm obviously insanely proud of myself I know there's a lot more work to do but I just feel like a much more well-rounded human being than two years ago in like every way like I'm just more well-rounded yeah as a whole it's funny we had Claire Pooley on the book club last night and she was saying that the first year of sobriety is all about looking inward and then the second year of sobriety is all about your development and your growth as a human and it is like that isn't it it is so true yeah Yeah. so so true yeah Lisa are you frozen because I feel like you're frozen and you've got a lovely looking smile on your face but I don't think it's you (laughs) and so (laughs) right I'll move on so our motto, oh, hold on, hold on, she's back and she's going to oh. unmute. Come on, unmute. You ask the last question before you freeze again. Go. I'm literally going to throw my computer across the room in a minute. <laughs> I don't, don't do it until you've asked this question. Go. <laughs> well, let me find it. Are we on our motto? We are on our motto. I have to ask your question. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's all right. But yeah, so kind of <laughs> at the end of everything we do now, and this kind of come about by accident, but we always say, be kind, be brave, be sober. So what we want to ask you is, which of these would you most relate to and why? Oh my, um, I hard think one, it? it's hard because you feel like, you know, kind of want to split it three ways. All three are so important, but I think, I think be you kind. You can have all three. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. 
You're the first I, person I, I, to be asked the questions to claim it before anyone else does. Oh, <laughs> oh I feel honoured. Yes. I'm taking all three. I'm taking all three. It's the first one. No, I think, I think be kind because obviously being kind to everyone else is obviously very important and to make friends in sobriety and to be kind and empathetic to others. But I think the main thing is to be kind to yourself um, yeah. and do what's right for you. Prioritise your sobriety. Um, and everything will be okay. <laughs> Do you know what? I think it's going to be one of those questions. This that we were going to we we're not necessarily planned it this way, but I think we're going to feed it into every single interview, and it'll be so interesting. You know, it'll be like um, what's it called? Creatively taking something. <laughs> we'll be able yeah. to get this big collection yeah. of like things going of, of what's important. And I do think we capture it with our motto: "Be kind, be brave, be sober." Because you're right, oh, all three happen naturally. They yeah. have to. But yeah. be ki- I like be kind. Well, I like be brave. I think oh, I don't know. I like be brave. I think you can be too kind oh. to yourself because I'm you're like, bloody kind to yourself. I know. I'm like so kind to myself. Self. it's literally ridiculous now and I've paused again so I'm going to let Alex say my bye laptop, oh my gosh my laptop's going to die oh Katie it's okay because we're, we're actually going to say goodbye we're done we're oh, done okay. oh, we're, good timing. we're going to catch up with you on Instagram it's been lovely having you on we'd love you back on to share a little bit more on a future season if that's alright but honestly um, we'll put your links on and if people want to find you you're at this sober girl is that right me yeah um, and that's on Instagram. Thank you so much for being our guest today. It's been Thank lovely you having you so on. Thank you so much, guys. See you soon. Bye. Bye. A big thank you to IPHM for sponsoring this episode. They're a worldwide accreditation board with a difference. And if you're working in the holistic or coaching industry, remember to check them out. Visit the website at iphm.co.uk and don't forget to name drop Be Sober when you apply. And if you want to find out more about the work we do, or you want to join our amazing community here at Be Sober, you can find out more about us on our website, besoberofficial.com. And until next time, be brave, be kind, and be sober.